Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. I just want to be all right with it. Yeah. There were a lot of times in game seven where I was ready to pull my hair out with Marcus Smart because he took a lot of threes. He actually ended up taking 10, which was the most of anybody on the team, which there's never a night that should happen unless he's absolutely on fire and then and then go for it. Like there was that Suns game. But, Ty, honestly, in the end, it kind of – it, obviously, they won, so it didn't. The Celtics won, so it didn't matter. But there were a lot of moments where he took a shot and like, why the hell did you just do that? And then they go down the other end of the floor, and then he makes a really good defensive play. I mean, he finished with three turnovers or three steals, excuse me. But it felt like honestly, it felt like more because they just came at such important moments. Yeah, I think Game Seven kind of like epitomizes Marcus Smart's career. He gives you moments where you're like, what the hell kind of shot was that? You just airballed it on the other side of the rim. And then at the end of the <laughs> oh game, he makes incredible block on a uh, Norman Powell layup attempt for the Raptors that wins you the game, essentially. That's the dagger in the game right there. I mean, an incredible hustle play. Not to, to call a foul on that is – I mean, I'm surprised by it, to be honest. I thought they were going to call a mm-hmm. foul. But he pinned it. He timed it up perfectly on the backboard. And, you know, he's, he had a bad shooting night, but he makes it up in steals and winning plays. And that's why people love Marcus Martin in the city of Boston because he does stuff – that other people aren't willing to do yep. winning plays. Like you said, he's a winning player. Brad Stevens said what last week that we made the playoffs every single year he's been here. There's no coincidence about that. So mm-hmm. I think last night, really, if you never watched a Marcus Smart game in your life, that was the game to watch because you got the shooting struggles, but you also got the incredible defense. Like no one from Toronto went off uh, for their guards. Like he guarded Lowry guarded a little bit of Van Fleet as well on switches and None of those guys really had great games. So Marcus Smart was awesome yesterday. Besides, like, the two for what? He didn't ten shoot very from three. Well, two for, yeah, two for ten from three. He, he had some some huge shots and, and, and made one of them the game. So, so let me He's ask great. you this. Where you've, you've been very critical of him, and, obviously, and Matt's not with us for this episode, but hopefully he'll be back with us for the preview that we do right before the start of the Eastern Conference Finals. But – I, I think you said at one point that he is a bad player. He su- I, I know you said he sucks. I know he's frustrated you multiple times. Yeah. Seeing what he did, <clears throat> did what he did in Game Seven, have you kind of? It sounds like you've eased up on it a little bit. 
on that take. Uh, I, I take it too far when I say that he's a bad player. He's not a bad player. Nobody really thinks he's a bad player. He's not a great offensive player. And I think at nights he does have very bad nights that takes you out of games in terms of how much he shoots, especially when he shoots, you know, 10, 15% in a game, which he'll do every once in a while, once a week, it seems like. But yeah. he he's a good player. I can't I have to give him his credit. He made winning plays. He shuts down guys when he gets locked <clears throat> when he gets locked in on like Kyle Lowry. He got the assignment for the first time all series in what game game five. And mm-hmm. he shut he shut Kyle Lowry down. And game six a little bit of a different story. He was hitting some incredible shots that weren't really Marcus Smart's fault, but I have to give him his credit. I don't think he's yeah. a bad player. I probably went too far on that take, but yeah, he's he's hey, he's, yeah, he's that's probably the second most important player on this team. Not number one, like you know, Christian Fourier would say. <clears throat> he might honestly be the second most important player in terms of his defensive assignments and ball handling responsibilities. Like he's super important mm-hmm. to this team. Yeah, he is. See, look at that. Now you're right there with Matt and how important Matt I think says that he is the fourth fourth most important player on the team, putting Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker ahead of him. But Kemba's had his his struggles throughout it all. And I mean if he's well, not hold, hold on, know, just because I say he's important doesn't mean I think he's the second best player. No, no, no. I know that. I know that. Okay. Well okay, Matt good. was saying I think that he Matt's saying he's the fourth most important player, and I think he thinks he's also the fourth best player on the team but obviously Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown yeah yeah. I think he's like the fifth best player on the team I would take Gordon I think Gordon Hayward's a better player than him but right but in terms of importance that's that's a that's a but that's importance is is with Gordon being out yeah with Gordon being out his importance you know rose like it got skyrockets yes absolutely because he had the ball handling responsibilities more so he had to play more minutes you know Mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. I, he's playing I don't really know what more to say about Marcus Smart, but yeah. no, I I agree with you. I mean, there's there were moments where it's just you. you you're right. That night was the the epitome of what he is and what he can be for a team. But God, it's just some of some of the mistakes he makes. Like, what is he doing? There was there was something else I wanted to add about him, but I'm 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 drawing a blank on it right now, and it's and it's frustrating. But um, one thing that he he now he went two for three, three from the line. He wasn't there a ton, but. The Celtics as a whole had 23 trips, and I think the Raptors had 20. You know, they had 19. Excuse me, but that was something with this series. Uh, I'm sorry, with this game, it was a huge issue for the Celtics, where it was a five-point game and it was close back and forth throughout the night. Maybe it's they even said it on the broadcast. Maybe things are different if the Celtics are more efficient at the free throw line. They went 56.5 percent from the line. They made 13 of their 23 attempts. Against the Heat, and we'll talk about that. I, I, you know, I want to save the Heat talk for when we get you know, uh, to that day of the series. But shit like this is not going to fly in the Heat series. No. There is, they are going to have to like, grow up kind of fast. Because with Smart, where he makes some of the mistakes, and, and again, he can't. Oh, and that's, that's what I was going to say with the Smart mistakes. Brad Stevens was pissed at him. For the first time I can, that I can remember, I saw we see him yell at Smart when he takes that little floater that you mentioned that he just missed miserably that I don't know, like he just completely missed the backboard or whatever the hell it was. And Brad Stevens is pissed about it. Just so you know, Brad, when he takes some of those dumb shots, cause that was not one of the, the shots that I liked that he took that last night or in game seven, that's partially your fault because he has essentially free reign to take whatever the hell shot he wants. So I'm glad there was finally a little pushback from Stevens, but that was like I, in the end. Like, I'm surprised he took it because why would anybody take it? But if when you tell me, oh, it's Marcus Smart, it's only so surprising because he takes these dumb shots. But anyways, 
the free throw shooting was a little bit of a problem. The three-point shooting was also a problem. Looking, Just lightly looking ahead, either of those things, you can't have that against the, the Heat because we've been saying it. They're, they're not your, uh, your, you know, your mother's or your father's five, number five seed that you, that you see every year. They are, they're legit as hell. They look like the, number, the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and I was thinking last night, like watching the game, Kemba Walker is never getting an easy three-point look. Like he has mm-hmm. not had an easy three-point look like the entire series. And that's just, you know, give credit to the Toronto guards for always being in his face. But like, why can't you know, Marcus Smart initiate these plays and have Kemba be in the corner? I feel like Marcus Smart is the one that's always catching in the corner threes. Or Jalen Brown is getting a ton of looks as well. But like, yep. but when Marcus Smart is catching these corner threes, I'm thinking that should be Kemba Walker. That's a way better mm-hmm. shooter. Let's put Kemba Walker in the corner and have, how about this, other point guard? Marcus Smart initiated the play. You know, pass the ball to the corner and then cut away or something and then sit on the wing. But my point is, like, Kemba Walker, he's got to get it going. Like, he is just not playing well. He's not really getting good looks. And when he is getting good looks, he's not hitting them. One for seven from deep last night. You mentioned the free throw inefficiency from a team standpoint. He stung at the line last night. He was three for five. He missed two in a row. When do you ever yep. see Kemba Walker? I don't even know his numbers, but I'm assuming he's a mid-80s three-point shooter. Like, he missed more than that, two yeah. free throws in a row. Like, that's incredible. So, I, I think he's got to get it going. If you want to beat the Heat, he's got to be the number one guy. I think that has to get it going. Tatum was impressive last night. I know Lou Merloni at my show, I know OMF was saying that he hasn't really been the star yet. I think he was the star last night. So, in terms Absolutely. of, I, I guess, guys who are looking ahead to next series, I think has to get it going. Kemba leads the list. And yes. I really do hope that number two is probably Gordon Hayward. He can come back sooner than later because people may not want to admit it, but I do think they really, really missed him. Yep. Well, we've, we've been saying that they can't, they can't win the finals without him. And at this point, with the way the Heat have played, I don't know if they can beat the Heat without at least having him for a couple games so they can maybe try and steal a couple without him. Because I think that, right. that you know, this it's another series that should go six, seven games. Honest to God, Ty, if it goes to, if it goes to a game six, I don't care who's up in that series. We're going to see it go to a game seven because the NBA is going to want that seventh game. The way we saw what happened, they've, you know, I saw right. someone tweeted out. I forget who it was. I mean, it's on Facebook. Someone said, oh, you know, we've lost so much money. Uh, the, NBA, the NBA, we've lost so much money because of the pandemic. Also, the NBA, it would be really nice if we could have a game seven. Like, And I, I do get it to some extent, but it's also bullshit because if that had, you know, swayed the series where maybe somebody wins and they shouldn't. Either way, back to what you said about Kemba, Kemba, Kemba Walker. I think you raised a good point about having Smart bring up the ball. If Gordon Hayward's there, having him do it too. So that way you can get Kemba some options. I think Smart, as much as he can make some good passes, it's hard to – you know, Kemba's going to just draw more attention. You know, the teams are less likely yes. to sag off of him, uh, off of Kemba, if Marcus Smart is driving, which kind of sucks. Yep. But you're right. And I think they were saying on the broadcast, they are determined to not let Kemba and Tatum beat them. And Tatum, I mean, it took him a little while to get going. But once he got going, he was he was the guy you, you've been waiting for him to be. Kemba is not – Kemba not being what you expect him to be, what we thought he was going to be after the Sixers series – that's where I think we feel Hayward's absence a little bit more because he can't – if he can't get going, you not you need to rely on Jalen even more. And he struggled from three again last night. As much as he went 10 for 17, you know, had like eight rebounds, 21 points, and four steals, you need you still need that other guy at the end of it all. And that's where Smart, I guess, kind of saves him. But 
Kemba's Kemba is I don't want to say he's a problem right now, but he's somebody that needs to 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 get it going. But Tatum, I mean, seven assists, twelve rebounds, a block shot. I mean, he's he's where he needs to be right now. I would say like he he just needs to keep that going. He can't be inconsistent, and he's going to get a tough test with if Jimmy Butler. You would think is going to want to guard him, right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He'll be in his grill. Jimmy Butler will be in his grill from the moment he steps into the gym. I'm gonna love this series because Jimmy Butler is one of my favorite players. I think I think Jalen Brown is what I think Jimmy Butler can be. Um, I I think Jalen Brown can be can take the next step as a defender, which I think Tatum has this year. Tatum becomes yes. an elite defender, and that kid can track down fast break uh, opportunities for the other team and deny it at the rim, and, and he's. He's really taking the next step, and he shuts down his guy when he guards him in the series too. Like he guarded OG for a couple of games, he guarded even the point guards. But um, I guess my point is, like, I, I think that Jalen Brown, who is not making shots, he, he had four steals yesterday. Look at how many steals this team had. Like that's he's not really a guy who is known for an elite defender. Like you think four steals, you think Marcus Smart. Like Marcus still had three last night. This team had twelve steals. You know yeah. how many Toronto had? Uh, let's see here. One. They had wow, one. Oh yeah, six blocks one. to one. Yeah, yeah. So Eighteen turnovers for the Toronto. Yeah, the yeah. defensive defensive effort last night was great. Like I know that's a cliche term. Like oh, they they played really well, pretty pretty hard. They got in the passing lanes and forced turnovers. Like no, they they really did. They did not make it easy for anyone last night for Toronto. So the, that's the next key is just locking in defensively for the series against Miami. The the steals that they had, and this is why I felt like Marcus Smart had more than three steals at the end of the night. But there were, I mean, maybe you know it's because Brown had four steals too. But there were multiple instances where you saw a guy driving and he's looking to kick it out, like you know maybe directly behind him, but right there in the paint. And then one of the Celtics just comes out of nowhere and swoops in and gets it, or they were trying to dump it off, and a Celtic comes in and, and swoops in and gets it. And Smart had, I think, a few of Smart's yep. steals were like that, and I, I, it was just like. It looked like it was they were playing against kids or something. These steals were so easy. It was on past Kelsey in the post. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's it, this this series. Now, now I just wonder, Ty, where the Raptors were. They, they their effort was there a thousand percent. They they got there on grit and balls as much as they have some talent. Look, Lowry's a pest, and I hate watching him. And he's an, an actor and all that crap, but. He's doing everything he can to get a win. I I will give him that. It, and, and sometimes dirty a little bit. I don't know about you, but that what that stuff with Jalen Brown on that dunk, to me, where he was so close, and then Jalen takes that weird fall after what we saw the other day, where he stuck his leg out on that um, that rebounding opportunity. I think it was rebound. Yeah. To me, I thought those were both dirty moves on Lowry. They, the first one was clear as day, but last night's. Did you do you think I'm seeing something that's not really there? Yeah, I, I, I haven't rewatched the play since last night, and I, I told you I had a few beers, so maybe I saw it a little bit differently than <laughs> you. But going back in memory, I don't even remember Lowry being in that play or affecting it. I know, like, you're talking about the fast break dunk. It was the fast break. No, the, the so, splits, right? And that was Lowry that went right by him right before, like, right as he dunked. He, like, ran right by him really close. There was no See, contact I, on the thing, but I thought it was—I thought it was a case of the the uh, bubble court being slippery, like being bad. Like it was really bad all series long, and then mm-hmm. the playoffs has really affected guys. And like playing defense, you saw in Jalen Brown once that OG just literally slipped trying to close out. Like I thought that was the case where he came down, and these guys are literally just dripping sweat in the fourth quarter. I mean, they're dripping sweat from the from the tip offs immediately. So imagine in the fourth quarter, there's <laughs> water all over that court. 
I thought that yeah. was the case where Jalen Brown just took the dunk, landed his leg split, and dude, that was scary. I thought he tore his groin or something. Like he, I thought he was not returning at all. And for him to return and finish out the game and play as well as he did, I mean, mm-hmm. considering the circumstances in the game seven, it was impressive. So yeah, he, yeah. that was. I, I don't remember Lowry being a part of that. But I could be totally wrong on that, but I don't remember that. He was there, but it's just it's it was one of those things where I thought he he went by and it and like you know where like a guy's around you and you're landing and then you get you get worried. And Lowry knows that you can play games like that. Everybody knows you can. 100%, so if he's yeah. if he's doing that after what we saw before, maybe I'm just a little more sensitive to it. And Lowry's been pissing me off like everybody um, the entire series. So I just I just don't trust him. But going back to the defensive stuff that you brought up before with with Brown and, and with like some of the stuff that Marcus Smart did is just like this is what he does. This is what we expect from him. Tatum I think has gotten to the point too where it's like that's the stuff we expect. I think Daniel Tice did really well in this series, which is good because this is the way the Raptors are built is at least a little more similar to the way the Heat are built as opposed to the Sixers, where you have that guy like Joel Embiid. And as much as Bam is tough, Bam is more athletic than Bam Adebayo is. I mean, Bam, Bam is more athletic than Joel Embiid is part of me. Um, so I think that Tice is better suited to go against him. But more so, my point is, I, I do wonder after watching this. As much as the Celtics, it was a it was a very positive sign with their defense and how they looked. You know how Jalen Brown did against Pascal Siakam, among other things. I do wonder. You know the I think the Heat are more skilled than the Raptors are. I don't think anybody's going to debate that right now. And I think in terms of intensity, they're going to bring that same level as the Raptors are. And that was the problem with the Celtics throughout a lot of the series is the 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 Raptors are out hustling them. Do you think that? That, that what we saw defensively from the Celtics is more a reflection of who they were playing against or a reflection of what they are and what they can be when they go full force every night. Yeah, I want to go back to something you just said about the Heat being more skilled than the Raptors. Would we have said that before the bubble? No. I don't no, think we wouldn't. Have. No, but they but I, the I, way that I, they've I been shooting they are more skilled. I think I okay. think they're just playing I think they're just playing better. Like I okay. think that Kyle Lowry is as talented as pretty much anyone offensively, Pascal Siakam is the most talented player on paper of anyone on the Heat or the Raptors. He played like dog shit. He's the reason yep. they lost the series. Like, believe it or not, like I can't really place it all on him and his struggles. I think he kind of got Jalen Brown locking him up mentally got in his head. Like he he was missing bunnies all game from all series long. And I think it's Jalen Brown just being. Play fast defense, the Celtics scheme, but they double down sometimes to get some steals. And so I, I think that Joe, um, that Pascal Siakam being taken out of the series, obviously, but um, I do think that Toronto is probably more skilled than the Heat. Like, I just think that Toronto kind of played down. Like, they, they got locked up. Like, did, Boston doesn't get their credit for being as good of a defensive team as they are. They're really damn good defensively when they lock in. So I don't know. I'm not really yeah. sure. I guess when I think about it, you have shooters. So that, like, but I think. Off the dribble, Toronto might have more. Like you have guys, they're closing lineup without Mark Gasol. Everybody on the court can shoot threes. Off the dribble, can move, can be a pick and roll guy. Like I don't, I don't know. Sure. I mean, I guess it's probably a wash to me. The more I think about it, because they do have big guys from Miami that can dribble, can shoot, can shoot threes. Whereas you know, Mark Gasol couldn't really do that at all. So I have uh, speaking of Mark Gasol. The throughout this series, 
this was so where Pascal Siakam struggled. Serge Ibaka was friggin' outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Like he was like you knew, and I thought Powell was good throughout the series. Obviously, Lowry was good. Van Vliet left, I think, a little bit to be desired. But Serge Ibaka was every time he's on the friggin' floor, he's raining down threes. He's creating havoc in the paint on the defensive end, and every time late in games. We're seeing more of Marc Gasol. I understand you got your lineups, but you got to ride the hot hand at some point. That was, to me, one of the most confusing moves out of Nick Nurse, who made some really good decisions, especially on the defensive end with with how he handled Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and and they created issues for them. But I do not understand the Serge Ibaka one. Can, could you make any sense out of that one? You had to notice it, right? Well, I mean, he was shooting well, like not particularly last night. He didn't shoot well. Um, but I mean, in the series, I think he was over 50% from three. He had, I think like three or four turnovers last night where the, the Celtics came in, like Marcus Smart would come down on a double down or, yeah, you know, like, he had some like weird turnovers and bad passes and stuff too. So I don't, I don't know if Nick nurse maybe just got tired of that and said, we can't have that in a close game. Like we just can't turn the ball over, especially from the big guys. So I, I don't know. He he was – him and Norman Powell were the only two guys they had that could shoot three in the series. Like Lowry was uh, okay. Van Vliet was kind of broke. I think they were up like, both like 30% for the series. But, yeah, it was – it was uh, – it was Ibaka was really the guy that kept them in games with offensive rebounds and threes. Did you – I mean, the thing is, did you feel like Marc Gasol – had any impact at all on this series? Bad impact. Yeah. yeah, he hurt Toronto. He, yeah. he actually okay, so had shots last game or two games ago, but that was it. He was he was a non okay. He was a non-factor in the solution for the Raptors is kind of how I was looking at it. For the Celtics, it was every time he was on the floor, I was like, this is great. When I see Ibaka come back, I was like, shit. All right, now they're going to have to really get things going. Ibaka, you were right. He had three turnovers, but he was still – he was five of nine from the floor, one for four from deep, whereas Marcus Gasol, two for seven overall, 0 for two from three. Um, you know, he, they played almost the same amount of minutes, pretty much the same. Ibaka had eight rebounds. Gasol had five. I mean, it's – I don't know. I, I – was Gasol in their closing lineup? I think he was. I, I don't know no, about they last go, night. They just go small usually. They just go small Pascal and OG at four and five. But throughout the majority. Usually, right? Okay. Okay. You might be right about that. But through, either way, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to have Ibaka out there because he moves around so well and yeah. he, he can be a rim protector. And then he's an option for, from three. And where, you know, if he had, an, yeah, okay, he had an off night for his standard. I mean, he was one for three, but Kyle Lowry, one for six. OG Ananobi, 0 for two. Siakam, 0 for one. I mean, also, like, most people weren't shooting from three anyways. Like they, they took 28 threes, um, shot 28%, but he's he's been your best guy. You got to think that he's going to keep it going or at least try if nobody else is fucking working. So, and it's not, yeah, maybe Gasol wasn't out there, but I never felt like Ibaka was out there in that closing lineup. It was always, every time I watched him, you see the camera over with him on the bench and I'm waiting, thinking why? Yeah, How the hell is he not out there? He wasn't there. You could see the um, the Marcus Smart chase down block at the end. Abaka was on the sideline. He was like almost on the court. Actually, he was he was on the sideline, like threw his hands up in the air. He was pissed at the block. He couldn't believe it. But they, that block they, was in amazing. crunch time, yeah, it was incredible. Um, in crunch time, the Raptors would have gone small with three guards. You know, um, Lowry, Van Vliet, and Norman Powell with OG and Siakam as you know four and five. 
And I, I think that Nick Nurse maybe tried to match Ibaka's minutes with Rob Williams because obviously Serge is a guy who can play along the perimeter, pick and pop, and keep Rob Williams in those situations where he's not the greatest at pick and roll coverages. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure why Serge Ibaka didn't get more minutes. I agree with you. I think that he did play much, much more well than than um, Marcus All could uh, in the series. Marcus All's days are probably done. He might have one yeah. more year left in him, but he, he he shouldn't be starting anymore. He's he's he looks slow. He can't hit threes anymore. His shot looks completely flat. Like he barely gets it above the rim. Um, so yeah, I, I think I his Serge, days I, in this league. If he that sprained ankle, if he doesn't sprain that ankle, I wonder if he gets more minutes. He yeah, that's true he too. Yeah, that's true. That that could have been a huge. Pro- that may have been part of what it was. But in a game, I mean, unless it was bugging him so much where he just. I mean, he was still making an impact, but right. yeah, I mean, he's not gonna, you're not going to try and you know keep him in the tank or keep him on the bench when he can still go. But yeah, that's uh, is probably was a problem for them. But like you said, Marcus All, he's just his game as much as he's you know tra- he's been able to shoot threes and stuff. He's just he doesn't move as well as he as he used to. And in in a big body like him, in general, he's never like this crazy fast guy. But big body like him doesn't translate to the game now as well unless you can be what Embiid can, and not many people can do that. So like we, saw, we, we barely saw Ennis Cantor the entire series. And, you know, I'm not saying Gasol and Cantor are on the same level. I'm not going to do that to Gasol, but he's older now. So anyways, we speaking of Cantor, I'm excited to talk about the, the uh, Heat series a little bit more because I think we saw the bench uh, evolve a little bit for the Celtics throughout the, the series. I'm not saying that they turn into this scoring juggernaut. Of course not. But – there were some some good things, and I'm curious if it's gonna if we're gonna see everything the same going into the Heat series because there could be eh, slight changes. Maybe some guys are used more, some guys aren't used at all. I don't know, but we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that for the preview coming up. Do you have anything else before we put a bow on the Eastern Conference Semifinals Celtics Raptors series? Um, yeah, I'm fine with the Eastern Conference Semifinals. We can move on from that. Who wins the um, the West? Oh, uh, you mean between the the Clippers and the Nuggets? No, I think the Clippers are going to win that series. I, I, I mean, I think I'd, I'd be shocked if they lose in the next two games. They lose in seven, but um, okay. no, Clippers Lakers. Who wins? Okay, so okay, we're just going Clippers Lakers. Uh, right now, I want to say I want to say Lakers. I want. Oh, I'm sorry. I want it to be the Clippers, and that's what I think I predicted before all this. I wrote it down somewhere, but I think it'll end up being the Lakers because yeah. they're going to go seven games. There's no question about it. They, the NBA, again, if it gets to six games, the NBA is going to force that. And I just think that I do think where I said before in this series, the Celtics Raptors, the rest will be a non-issue in game seven, which we saw what happened. I think if the Lakers and Clippers go to seven, like they should, the, that will be different. They will have the, the Late, the refs will have an impact on that game because the NBA absolutely wants to see LeBron James in, and especially the Lakers, in the finals again. And then that's only a good thing for the Celtics. Although it's also against the Heat, which is LeBron's old team, so I don't know which plays in their favor either way. But I, I mean, I don't think Celtics fans want to see the Celtics get there on that kind of bullshit if that happens. So I say Lakers are going to make it. Sorry, long answer to, for a short question. Yeah, all I know is Adam Silver's loving it because no matter what, he's going to have Miami, Boston, or Los Angeles. One of those three TV mar- two of those three TV markets in his NBA Finals. So, yep. West Coast, yep. East Coast, you know, two of your four major markets or your two of your four biggest basketball markets. You know, like obviously aren't the biggest. So Boston's not the biggest. 
TV market, but like in terms of fan bases and legacies, Celtics Lakers is probably what he's rooting for. And I think honestly, I would probably go with Clippers Celtics as my pick. I think the Clippers really? are the better team. I yeah, yeah, I think that they can play better. They they offensively, they're not playing well right now. I, I don't know why. Like it seems mm-hmm. like they're trying to do too much. Just give it to Paul, give it to Kawhi, and get out of the way. But like. You need Lou Williams. You need Montrez Harrell. You need these other guys, Marcus Morris, to finally get a shot. Like they need Zubac <laughs> to finish blocks and not get blocked by Michael Porter Jr. at the rim. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I do think the Clippers are playing bad right now. They could step it up, and I do think they will and will win the West. Okay, I hope you're right. I would like to. Well, see, but there is part of me that would like to see Celtics Lakers and see the Celtics somehow knock off the Lakers. Yep. That would be that would be awesome. And but- LeBron. I would love to see that. I would just love to see Le- mm-hmm. LeBron lose in the NBA Finals again. That'd be if excellent. the if the Celtics had not won the series, I mean, I like, I want to see the Celtics go all the way. It's you know for for what we're doing, it's important. It's it's great to see them go all the way and, and succeed. But if the Celtics had lost the Raptors, I would have loved to see the Miami Heat go all the way and somehow beat LeBron James. That would have been just that would for Eric Spolstra and for Jimmy Butler would have been just great in general. They would have gotten been destroyed. They would get sw- they, the the heat would get swept by the Lakers. They they can't match up with them. So you think the Celtics are the only team that could possibly win out of the East the finals? Absolutely. Okay. The Heat are the Heat cannot match up with the Lakers. They would match up okay with the Clippers because they're not as big. But the, look at the Lakers. You have Dwight, you have JaVale, you have LeBron. Like that's three of the league's most elite rim protectors. I know Dwight's a little bit older now, but like those are super long ass guys who do not let you score in the paint and nope. they can chase down block. They can get you blocked in half court. They can steal they again, the passing lane with Rondo, like the Lakers are a damn good defensive team and people don't really give them their credit. And I, I think that nobody can really match up well against the Lakers, mm-hmm. except they don't really have shooters. I wish if they had a couple of shooters, like Danny green now apparently can't three point shot. Um, but no, I think the Heat cannot match up against the Lakers. I think talent-wise, the Celtics would do much, much better. Right. The, and the other thing too, the Heat—I mean, the, the Raptors are supposed to, are one of the toughest teams in the league to score in the paint against, and the Celtics did yep. it like it was nothing. So, and, and Nurse made a lot of adjustments throughout the series, but that was one thing that the Celtics still did pretty well throughout all of it. So, if they're going against the Lakers, as much as they got those three yep. towers in LeBron. I like the Celtics' chances, and it, I, I definitely like the Celtics' chances more than the Heat against everybody else. But I still think the Heat are a problem for the Celtics, and we'll get into that more. For me, the one last thing that I want to say is I am so glad we're not going to hear any more of this national narrative bullshit about Kyle Lowry and him being this, you know, grit and balls, dirt dog, and all this crap. He's just a friggin' annoying ass pest. Yes, he does everything he can for a win, but he's an annoying little shit and does it every step of the way. And he looks like that annoying like the annoying kid in, in like a movie who's like always creating problems and always stirring up shit and he's always got a shitting green on his face. And I'm not and I'm not gonna miss Nick Nurse either. God Whoever put out that that Nick Nurse looks like PC principal from South Park, <laughs> it was spot on. And I can't – the two of it them is. are perfect for each other. They are the absolute worst, and I'm not going to miss you guys – like hating you guys at all. And yeah. I'm sure Matt won't either. But we will get into Heat Celtics next time. So look for that the day of the game, uh, game one of the series, which is scheduled for Tuesday right now. So we will talk to you all. That. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. I just want to be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.